0: couple things I want to let you know about. If you um, are new or you are regular at Core Church, but you weren't here for Vision Day and maybe you missed last week, um, and you came in this morning and you saw this brick wall in the lobby with a bunch of names on it, and you're like, what is is that? I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast for Vision Day where we talked about this wall that we are putting out there, and here's how it works. If you call Core Church home And you are a follower of Jesus, we want you and every member of your family to have a brick with their name on it. So after service, you can go back to the next steps room and you can get a brick for you or your family. Or if you've recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, or after you get baptized, like today, that was pretty awesome, and you want to get a brick on that wall, that brick wall is intended to grow. And so we want that to eventually encompass our entire lobby. We just think that would be. Really amazing. Second thing I want to let you know about is Lent. We are right in the middle of Lent. Some of you here were here for our Ash Wednesday service that we had, was was a really amazing, very intimate experience of just a time of beginning the Lent season. And if you're not familiar with Lent, that's okay. It's an old practice of the church that is has uh, kind of got a resurgence. And so if you want information on that, go to corechurch.com slash Lent, And you can get all the information during Lent. We're fasting. It's a time of serving. You can serve at Abba Center through that. But also, every Wednesday night, we're going to have open prayer. So every Wednesday night, right here in this auditorium, between 6 and 8 p.m. during the Lent season, I really want to encourage you to uh, make that sacrifice, be in the house of God, to come. It's come and go. So you can come for a couple of minutes. You can come with your family. You can come by yourself, come with friends. We're actually going to have live unplugged worship uh, during that time every Wednesday night between 6 and 8. We're also going to have prayer stations in the back. So it's kind of a come and go atmosphere. But I hope during the Lent season that you'll take advantage of that. Well, we are continuing our our series called Relasting Ships. Uh, Last week we talked about friendship, and today we have two chairs up here for a reason because my lovely wife Laura is coming up to co-teach with me on marriage, so give Laura a hand as she comes up. And we want to tell you about this uh, website we have. When you came in today, uh, on your chair, you, you probably saw this card right here that you scooted out of the way so you could sit down. That's actually for you to take. That's not for somebody else. That's actually in your way on purpose. By the way, we put these, if you're a regular tender, we put these in your way on purpose. We irritate you on purpose.
1: There's a plan to that.
0: Because we want you to take it and give this to a friend, okay, maybe somebody at work. This is a great way to let people know about our church and what we're doing. And just Tell them about the website.
1: What I really like about RelastingShips.com, the website, is that you can go on, you can post your question. And it can be a delicate question. It can be a question that maybe you don't have anyone to ask or you don't feel comfortable asking. When you do that, then we're going to pull from that, Brad and I, on Tuesday mornings, and we're going to shoot a video and try to answer that, not necessarily based on just what we think, but based on years of what we've learned and what we've heard other people say. And through the Holy Spirit, God is has just really already done an amazing work through that first video. Uh, a lot of people got on. But the other thing that's kind of cool is if you go on and you post your question, we're going to put you in a drawing so um, that we'll pull that out and the person that will win that will get dinner for two to Logan's Roadhouse. So that's kind of fun. So go to that, RelastingShips.com. That's really, really exciting.
0: Yeah, this week we're going to answer questions on marriage. Okay, so you can get your questions in on marriage and then you want to make sure you're here next week because we're going to be talking about parenting. How many parents in the house? All right. Uh, You're going to love that. How many of you have a parent in the house? You have had parents or have parents? Okay. It's everybody. Um, It's going to go both ways. Okay. So we're going to talk about both aspects of that. Laura and I are going to co-teach again next week on that, and that's, that's going to be really, really, really good. Now, if you're a single and you're here today and you're just like, Checking out, you're like, why did I come on marriage Sunday? I picked the wrong week. Unless you're sitting next to somebody that's single and they're ultimately as hot as you are, and this could be the best hookup ever in hey, the history hey, of hookups. Hey. Okay, and yeah. So I think it's a God thing. I don't know if I would use. Yeah. I don't know if I'd use that as the pickup line. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know. If that, that's how Laura won me over. She did that, and I was like, bow chicka wow wow, and. <laughs> And then she went, hey, 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 and I went, bow, chicka, wow, wow. Basically. And, and it, it's 31 years. It's amazing. All right, let's pray and let's dismiss right now. So
1: We have our own language.
0: But if you're single, listen, we want to help you as well. This You have an advantage over those of us that are married because we've already screwed up. So uh, we, we're just going to be going, oh, dang, didn't do that, dang, didn't do that. Need to start doing that, need to start doing that. So we're going to give you something that's going to help you. I, I, I really believe what we're going to give you today uh, is going to set you up for an incredible marriage. I, I wish I had had these handles when we when we first got married. It would have helped us tremendously.
1: Yeah, because you know, in marriage is relationship, we're going to share from our um, from our issues, from our things that we've done wrong, and our things that we've done right. Um, That's why I think relationships are so tender and vulnerable and transparent. And I appreciate you guys letting me get up because basically we're sharing our relationship, um, which is very important to me. And I think that it takes, um, it's going to be exciting because even if you're not going to head for marriage, you're going to learn a little bit and hopefully take away a little bit about relationships that will be encouraging to you.
0: Yeah, and everything we're going to share today is is really straight out of Scripture. The Bible talks about marriage, talks about relationships. So let's go there right now. If you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, that's in the New Testament. If you're new to Core Church and you do not have a Bible, we give them away for free. Immediately following the service, you can come right down here to the front. We'll make sure we put one in your hands. Or you can go out to the Next Steps room. We'll get you one there. Uh, if you have a mobile device... Uh, you can download a Bible app from our website at corechurch.com, and and we read out of the New Living Translation. So if you want to follow along in what it is, but we're in First Corinthians, chapter 13, is where we're going to be. This is written by the Apostle Paul. And Paul was a a late bloomer in his faith. He was a Jewish leader, one who persecuted Christians, didn't want to have anything to do with them, and then he was miraculously converted. And then he became the very first church planter. He's the guy who went out and started churches outside of um, the Jews and went to the Gentiles, which is all of us. And he started these churches around the world. This is one of the churches he started. It was in a place called Corinth. And what I love about this is Paul in this moment is speaking to the church about marriage and about relationships. So let's go, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Would you stand? Let's, let's stand as we read the word together. We're going to start in verse 1. and Paul says this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It, it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice. It rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And love never gives up. It never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And then let's go down to verse 13. Three things will last forever: faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. God, as we open your word today, I pray that you would guide us and you want to speak to us. And so, Father, would you, all of us in this room, you have a word for us. And church, I want to ask you, pray for everybody around you. You might know them, you might not. And so if you're married here today, I want you to pray for your spouse right now. And if, you have, if you're if you a student here today and your parents are in this room, I want you to pray for your parents because you want them to have a successful marriage. And, and just, just pray for one another in this moment that our hearts will be open to what God wants to speak. And would ask also for your prayers for Laura and I as we share God's truth in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, um, it is Valentine's Day, and uh, I have one advantage over every guy in this place, and I'm going to take advantage of it right now. Uh, Laura and I have been together for 32 Valentines, and I have something very, very special for her. Guys, come on out. Guys, come on out. Sing along if you know it. Cause I can't fight this feeling anymore. I've forgotten what I've started fighting for. And if I have to crawl upon the floor, come crashing through your door, baby, I can't fight this feeling anymore. All right. Well, this isn't a distraction at all. And now you know all. why
1: I married him because he acted just like this when he was 17.
0: Wow. Okay, let me put these
1: here. Oh my
0: God. There's. I, I, That's no
1: so fair. He went. We went walking on Friday. He goes, "Which color do you like? What do you like?"
0: Well, uh, I did something, guys, pay attention if you're not married. I've mentioned this before, but I did something really, really stupid when we first got married. Is I thought, I'm going to get you a rose for every year that we're married.
1: And it was so special when you yeah, Because at that
0: time, I thought I would be really rich and uh, famous, and, and I'm, I'm a pastor, and I'm a preacher. So, like, wow, that's a lot of roses. First and
1: couple of years, it wasn't that big of a deal, you know, until it started to be like 20, 25 then I started saying, honey, you, you know, we could start a new tradition. You know, you don't have to give me a rose for every year. And he's like, oh, no, I said I was
0: Yep. So I do. Our, let, let us give a little bit of our, our background. Lauren, I've been married for 31 years. Uh, four kids. Four kids.
1: Two grandbabies mm-hmm. that we love dearly.
0: hmm and we met in high school. We were actually high school sweethearts. We were best friends yep. before we ever started dating. We
1: were actually office aides. I, I, I actually rescued you. You know, we got to tell the story. So do you want to tell? We, we don't
0: have time to tell <laughs> the story, but uh, I'll just, can I just tell? It really? y- yes, okay. yes. So I had these aspirations of being a rock god. Some of you already know that. Uh, and then you've heard me sing and you go, obviously that wasn't going to happen. Uh, and so I got in a music theory class because I thought I would learn music and then they had all these weird notes and I was way in over my head. I had no clue what was going on. And Laura, I was
1: an office yeah. aide and so I would go and pit, it was back in the old school times when you picked up the attendance slips by hand and so I would go by and I remember this one time he's looking at me and he's like, Get me out of here! So I go bopping back to the the uh, school office, and I said to the secretaries, "Hey, um, we really need help. I can't get everything done." And there's this guy, Brad Farnsworth, and he would like to help us. And they're like, "Okay," and I was like, "Okay." So yeah.
0: And then, boom! Thirty-one years later, four kids, <laughs> uh, two grandkids. The rest is
1: history. Okay.
0: Yeah. So anytime, anytime we mention that we've been married for thirty-one years, I, I it just seems like such an anomaly in today's society, and people are like what? Yeah. How in the world have you been married that long? What, what is your secret? And so I, I want to draw something here for you because um, what happens is first there's, there's courtship. So you got, and you, you draw this too, okay? So get your program out. What I'm about ready to give you, this Art is class. gold. This is absolute gold. Not the drawing, but what I'm, what I'm going to give you here, okay? So uh, it starts, you got, you got a guy, okay? Uh, and that's me. And then you got uh, this this lady over here, okay? And, uh, and she's got the sweet long hair. And then and you see them and you're like, "Oh, I like you a lot." And and so you have this connection, right? You have this connection that that begins between the two of you. And then, you know, there's all the little hearts. You're like, "Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. I just love you so much." Oh my gosh. And then you then you end up you take them to prom. Look at this picture here. <laughs> yeah.
1: I want to be Scarlett O'Hare, O'Hare, I mean, just so you know, in my bright red dress.
0: Dude, that guy on the right looks sweet. I wore glasses. You see his sunglasses. It you know, was awesome. 1984. Back in the day, man. Some of y'all like, yeah, you weren't even around at that at that point. So there's there's this courtship phase that you go through, and then you date, and then you fall in love, and then comes the wedding.
1: Well, and us women, I mean, I know we're all alike, we think, uh, well, we want to get married, right? We think about the wedding day, and I still remember standing at the front or at the back of the church getting ready to walk in and looking down the aisle, And I'm thinking, this is so cool. And I'm going to marry him, and we're going to have babies, and we're going to get some animals, cat and a dog, and we're going to get a home. So she's thinking
0: that. (laughs) She's thinking like the next 50 years. Yeah. Can we get real in here, guys? Every guy stood there on their wedding day. What do you think about? In the next five hours, in the next five hours. I'm not looking. <laughs> just, I mean, that's just kind of the reality. But then, so then you get married and you have all these hopes, all these aspirations, yeah. but but then life happens, Woo-wee. right? Life yeah. happens, there's problems, there's there's, there's struggle, and instead of growing together, you, you end up yeah. growing apart. Well, I think okay? it's
1: confusing because you go from such a high to such a low, you're so excited, and then you're like, then you realize reality hits and the struggles and,
0: and issues, and you're like,
1: um, I don't know, like I really like you.
0: Yeah, cool. this is hard. I say this: life can go quickly from wedding rings to a boxing ring, like really fast. Mm-hmm. You you thought all these dreams, all these aspirations, and all these these hopes that you had. What you really didn't you didn't want to grow apart. Here's what everybody's hoping for, and you need to draw this because this is gold. You're going to want this, okay? And if you're single, you're going to, want to hold on to this. What you want is ultimately to grow together, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we what we were all after? We we don't want to grow apart. We we want to grow together. Well, so,
1: and so many times, you know. People ask us like, how did you do how do you do it? And we kinda go, I don't God? You know, I'm not to oversimplify it, but it's like then as we unpacked it during we were looking at this message, it was like it was everything. Our whole life was about God and God's ways and everything that we did was really came back to the focus was God.
0: Yeah, so here's what I want you to draw. And it, this seems so simplistic, you're like, Really? I can't came for this, but this is not something that uh, I came up with this. Was actually given to me probably about 20 years ago. Uh, our pastor at the time spoke on this, and he drew this, and I kept. I still have the copy of my sermon notes that I took that day. This is it's holy and great to take sermon notes. Uh, and so, what you write here at the top is this: God. I want you to write that at the top. This is the key to a lasting marriage, a wife and a husband growing together, growing together towards God. As long as both of you are growing together towards God, your marriage will last.
1: I think a good word is focusing on God. Because so many times people go, well, how do we break that down? Like God, but it's our focus is on God. Because when my focus is on God, that helps me to think, that I want to last, I'm, I want my marriage to last because I'm focusing on God.
0: Yeah, so we don't want to leave you with that though. We want to give you three things and Paul gives us three things. How do we keep our marriage focused on God? And I, I can say up here um, openly and honestly, Laura and I have had our struggles and we've had our issues and we've had things that we've worked to work through together, but for 31 years we have had a marriage that's been focused solely on God. And so when we sat down and we started talking about this, what well, we realized, how have we done that? Yes. How have we stayed focused on God? And Paul helps us with this. He gives us three keys to a lasting marriage. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 13, 13.
1: Three things will last forever: forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love.
0: So if you want to build your relationship and you want it to last, Paul says three things, faith, hope, and love. So the first thing, on the first side, I want you to write the word faith. So faith is the key. In fact, I'd like for you to write this down. Faith builds unity. Faith builds unity. Let's say that together. Faith builds unity. Unity.
1: What we really noticed as we began to really dialogue and break this down was everything that we did in our marriage had to do with making God a priority. And that was really exciting to me because I, I was. I think, you know, you look at people and you go, well, you know, is everything really okay? You know, because you you see so many things that aren't okay in our life or that are fake. But I can truly say that I am more in love with you than I was 31 years ago, and my, um, just my joy in our relationship is so special to me. But it's because that making God a priority in my life personally and in our marriage. Yeah,
0: what, what we found is if we will both submit ourselves to God, we'll grow together. But here's, here's what happens, and this is free marriage counseling. Every time I do a marriage counseling with anyone, I draw this. I draw this right here, and I do this. I talk about this. I say, but let's say one of the members in that relationship decides not to follow Jesus. Then you cannot grow together. Sometimes in the relationship, it's both are not growing towards God. And when you're not growing towards God, you're growing apart when you're not submitted to him.
1: Well, and I think, too, one of the things that I know submit is such a bad word in our day and time, but because it's hard to submit to God right? Like you don't want to do it, right? I mean, we're going to be honest here. We go out of here and we don't want to do certain things he's told us to do. But if you do that, and and when you do that, you really see the joy that comes out of the relationship. But when I submit to God, it helps me to work together and submit in our relationship more, and I—that's just exciting to me because I mean, it's—it's it's not easy to do what someone tells you to do, like God's telling us and wanting us to submit to His ways.
0: Yeah, and it's one thing for us to sit and say, "Oh yes, we all need to submit to God." That's such a beautiful thing. But what does it's that so mean? Wonderful. Like, what does that—what does that look like in a marriage for us? Um, several things. One is our finances. Our finances. Submitting it's our finances.
1: Big one. If you, Well, and I think you guys, we can all agree, right? If you want to really talk truth or really get down to the nitty-gritty, it's the money. Like, do we want to submit our money, our finances to God? Whew, that's a tough one. But when we, we do that, and I'm telling you, God is so rich in what he does in the midst of it.
0: Yeah, we talk about um, – the concept throughout Scripture of of tithing, and it's not just a, a, a manipulation tool for the church to get money. It's a secret and a key to a successful marriage. You cannot submit your money properly with your spouse. I can't submit to my spouse properly our finances until I've submitted that before God. And what Laura and I have done since day one, since the very beginning, we have never, never missed a time where we've tithed. There were times where I was out of work, we had a broke-down car on the side of the house that needed to be repaired, and we let it sit there because we were submitted to God and trusted Him with our finances, and I just want to say that your marriage will continue to just be kind of upside down and twisted when it comes to money until you get that issue wrestled and settled.
1: Well, and I think sometimes when you say that from the stage, you go, "Oh, really?" You you know, you look, you kind of visualize us like skipping around with butterflies. We're kind of tired you know that's not what happens i mean when we have a broken down car in the driveway and we're going to tie that week we got to wrestle that thing out some weeks are better honestly than that than others but sometimes it's hard cuz we go you know what we, but you know but i come back to Focus on God, I'm making God the priority, and if he's really the priority in my life, then he, then my money has got to be priority with him. Another thing that we've done that's a very practical thing, because we don't want to leave you guys with principles but you no know, practical, is, and I know we may get some laughs, they're going to laugh at us, but um, we started this years ago in our marriage because we didn't have a lot of money, right? I think it's great if you have a lot of money. We didn't. We said, we're not going to spend to over $25 without talking to each other. Now, you guys might laugh at that, but that has helped because what is the worst thing? You'll be going along having a great week, and somebody goes out and spends money, and you go, hold up, go look in the check account. We don't have that, you know, and then all of a sudden there's a blow up. Y'all are looking at me like I'm not telling the truth, but you know that's the truth. We walk out of here and that's what happens, right?
0: Yeah, and because our finances are submitted to God and we give to him, it's not hard for us to do that. Now, we started that 31 years ago, yeah. okay? And I'm not saying, don't walk out of here and go, well, our our limit's $25, and that's what Pastor said. <laughs> You're totally missing the point. <laughs> Your limit might be 1000 Yeah. And that's okay. Sure. But what our limit is, and we just never have changed that because we know finances can get you upside down so quickly in a marriage. Yeah. That I just go, I've just, we practiced that so early on when we were broke that I just always have continued to practice that and go, well, this is like thirty bucks, so I better I'll just check with Laura and say, do we have the money? What do you think about this? this is the right thing to do? So we would submit that. Mm-hmm. But it's been other things too. It's been our, our career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the radio industry for so many years, and and when we would move town to town, and we would pray about that and ask God, is that where He wants us to be? And then we came to the dis- the biggest decision we ever made in our life, and that was to leave my radio career and then go into ministry full time. All of that over the years has been completely submitted to God.
1: Well, it was interesting how like our prayer life would evolve because in the beginning and throughout probably the first 10 years of our marriage, it, this is was our prayer about career because, you know, everything hinges on career, right? You know, family, home, money. We'd say God either open the door or close the door. That was our prayer. That was that simple because I was like, I'm too scared not to get exactly what God wants me to do. It was like I knew what we had was good, and uh, I didn't want to mess it up. And I was like, Lord, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to choose something based on emotion or whatever. But i just say, and Brad would say, Lord, just open the door or shut the door. But, you know, little by little, God increased our faith and increased our, our words and increased our prayer life to the point when we were going to go into ministry Man, there was a lot of praying that happened, a lot of deep praying, and so it was really neat to see how God helped us evolve in that, and also how we learn to trust God through that, and really that trust that we can put our faith in God and faith and God will always come through in that.
0: And, and it's not just decisions though. We also one of the biggest things is our values and the standards that we would have in our home. Because what we began to discover is even within the church, people have different values and different structures and different standards. And we and we'll talk a little bit about this next week. But we we've always said that what is our what is the standard and what is it we're going to value and some of the standards that that we have and how we'll operate things that that we will do and we won't do. If we told you what those were, you would be like, wow, you guys are really extreme. That's kind of ridiculous. But I've said from this platform before, I want to live so far from the line that if I do stumble, I can get back up again, dust myself off, seek my wife's forgiveness, and our relationship can continue on. I, we're not going to put ourselves in any kind of a vulnerable situation. We're not going to open up our minds or our eyes or our emotions, emotions mm-hmm. to the things that we watch or the places that we go. And so we have these kind of extreme standards that we adapted early on in our marriage that, that I think in turn have really um, protected our marriage. What but is, we got we got okay, to okay, move on. we got to move on. So um, let's talk about hope. Okay? Yeah. Let's talk about hope. What I want you to do is I want you to write in. So you got faith. The other one here is hope. And this is going to this is going to circle around. So on the other angle there I want you to write the word hope and I want you to write this down. Hope builds strength. So if faith builds unity, hope builds, builds strength. Let's say that together. Hope, hope builds, builds strength.
1: strength. And knowing that every marriage, every relationship is if you're in a great season right now, that's that, that's a time to build. That's really a time that you shouldn't be just squandering the time. You should be building that time, that friendship and laughter. But the reality is that difficult days are in a marriage. Storms, trials, hardship. And so they're, they're coming if they're not already there. And you go in and out of those times. So you need to build strength in the good times and really see how hope really carries you through and helps that strength to build in your marriage when there is difficult times, right? There's storms, there's hardships.
0: Yeah, let me give you a visual for this. Let me ask here's the question I want to ask you is what kind of relationship are you in? What kind of relationship are you in? For ladies, (laughs) I know this is Laura. This is Laura. The, the the one she's in is a rowboat on a pond
1: with a parasol. We're not gonna even call it umbrella, girls. We're gonna call it a um, parasol. Yeah,
0: <laughs> with the picnic basket. Yes, yes. And the and the ro- oars yes. and and Eric and Daniel behind us with their guitar <laughs> that and was the boat awesome. following us. Yes. Okay. That. That's so many, and if you're not married, ladies, especially you ladies who are not married, that's the visual you have in your mind of that's that's going to be my marriage. That's yeah. gonna be, it's going to be that's going to be so my awesome. romance. You know, but the reality is, is marriage does not operate on a pond. A marriage operates on the open seas. Absolutely. Okay. We are all anybody who's married. Everybody is on the same ocean. Every one of us. And so here's the thing: if you're in a rowboat with your what's it called? Parasol. Oh, I was thinking parasailing. I was like... Because
1: we could use that as a weapon, right? (laughs) Okay.
0: We won't go there. All right, so... Or an oar. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, but if you're in a rowboat, those waves are going to come and they're going to shock you and they're going to capsize you. Absolutely. Some people are not in a rowboat, they're in a lifeboat. You're just surviving.
1: And you can't live, you can live in survival all the time, but there's never any growth And you never move forward when you're in survival mode.
0: So you don't need a rowboat, you don't need a lifeboat. What what you need is you need to build a battleship. That's what you got to build. Now that that sounds counter to marriage. You're like, really? That's not the picture I had for my wedding day in my little hope chest. I mean, that's not what you were thinking. You did not have, ladies, you did not have a battleship in your, your hope chest, okay? But you need to be building a battleship because life is intense. It's tough. There is uh, an enemy out there that is out to destroy your marriage. And here's what you got to be careful to do. Don't turn the guns on each other.
1: Right. Because that's going to be the temptation. When you get in that hardship and you get in that difficult, you got those emotions going and you're just going to want to unleash them. And who's right in front of you, just unleash them on them. But the thing we want to do is we want to stand guard over that and we want to say we have weapons. We have weapons that we should be using on that battleship against the enemy and those are two things that we have. We have prayer and we have the word and that is what has made a difference in our relationship.
0: Okay, I want to be just. Let's just be transparent. Let's just, let's just get real here. Okay, this is why prayer and the word are so important. Because Laura and I, we get upside down. I mean, it's loud in our house. We are. I mean, we 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 yell in our we didn't house. We used okay? to be
1: like that, but
0: we, we're not the quiet, timid, run off to the other room and don't talk for days. We just spill it all out right there and just throw up all over each other. Now that's not healthy. That's not good. I'm not saying that that's a positive thing, but that's just the way our, our family rolls. That's just what happens. But here's how we always shut that down. Here's how we shut it down is through prayer. Laura will be, or, or me, I'll say, honey, let, let's pray about it and reach out that hand. And what happens is when she reaches out that hand, it's like, oh, no, uh-uh. uh-uh. Nope. Not going to do no that. No, Saree. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great. Because here's what happens. Because we know.
1: You're going down. If we...
0: Is that is that what you think? Whoops! Wow! I mean, I'm thinking, you know, coming together, submitting <laughs> to the Lord. But you're like you using it as a. W-? All right. So, but what we know is, when <laughs> when we pray, when we begin to mm-hmm. pray together, yeah. all defenses drop and we when we pray we're coming under submission to God and in that moment God then can can reveal and I hate this but he'll reveal my glaring weakness. Yeah. He won't always reveal Laura's glaring weakness to me. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but he will tell me what part I need to own and, and if we will just yeah. submit ourselves to that prayer our marriage continues to stay strong. But let me say can I say one more thing on that? Okay, because this is the thing. The Bible says Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Okay, so this is like three weeks ago, so this is really fresh (laughs) manna. Um, Laura and I got upside down about something. I was really, really, really ticked off, and so we went to bed that night. And I just did this deal. Not even gonna say, don't you, don't touch me, get away from me. uh." Nobody has ever done that in their marriage, have you? So I'm laying there. God's dealing with me. Don't let your sun go down on your anger. (laughs) Well, I'm not angry. I'm just mad. I'm just mad. (laughs) Looking over there, I'm just I ain't angry. I'm God, I am not angry. I'm mad. So I am gonna go to sleep and I am not sinning. So I did. I went to sleep. I went to sleep. I was just like, I'm done with this. But then the next morning I get up and I do my little devotional. This is where the word comes in. I open up the Bible and I'm starting to read the Bible and do my morning devotional. God's like, you really need to take care of your marriage before you take care of this. And the word brought me back to this place of repentance and right relationship.
1: What I love about when we pray um, is just the, just the peace that comes in our home. Like your home could be like, woo, like words flying, you know, in the air. But when you pray, and like what Brad says, then we come together and we ask God to forgive us. It's just like a holy peace. And, and, and that just brings such unity, I believe, and it brings hope to be like, okay. So, like, I got mad at you. You got mad at me. We just like tore it up verbally, right? But you're still here, and I'm still here, and the kids see that. They know this is how you fight. Yeah, it's hard, it's bad, it's not fun, but now there's going to be some resolution to that because I'm not going anywhere, and you're not going anywhere.
0: I think that's where the word and prayer are so critical. In in that, if you want forgiveness and you want grace and mercy to exist in your marriage that's where it comes from. You can't muster up grace and yeah. forgiveness and mercy within yourself. You, you, you're not, you can't do it. And so if you're not in the word and you're not praying individually, okay. I'm not just talking about praying together, but individually, if you're not yeah. in the word and you're not praying, your marriage is going to be in serious trouble if it's not already. But when you do that, what happens in those moments is God brings me to that place of repentance and, and that mm-hmm. idea of grace and mercy has continued to exist in our marriage. So we've got to move on. Okay, okay. so we've got to move to the next one. Um, let's talk about the last one. That is love, okay? That's where the hearts exist. This is where we're all coming together. So write love down on the bottom, okay? And you can draw arrows to each one of these because what it is is it's this cycle. Mm-hmm. These revolve right inside of the triangle. Faith, hope, and love. And here's the thing. Love builds Commitment. I want you to write that one down. So faith builds unity, hope builds strength, and love builds commitment. So let's say that together. Love, love builds commitment. commitment.
1: And really the kind of love that, that Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians is about agape love. It's about a self-sacrificing. Uh, it's about a selfless love. Matter of fact, he explains in uh, 1 Corinthians thirteen four. he says love is patient. And it's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, keeps no record of wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. You know, the most important thing is that love never gives up never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance
0: this this is why paul says you got faith and you got hope this is why he says love is the most important thing never gives up never loses faith always hopeful yeah. endures through every circumstance now i read this at every wedding Every every wedding they they request this, and whenever I'm reading this, you can just I just almost start laughing because I see the couple like looking at you. Oh, I'm so, I'm gonna do that. You know me. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be patient. <laughs> I'm gonna patiently endure. That's what I'm gonna do. Whatever it takes. I'm not
1: gonna be irritated by you. Not at all. Never.
0: I will never be jealous of you because you just and they just do that <laughs> that thing. You guys all see it at a wedding. and it's actually it's a bu- it's yeah. a beautiful thing. I mean, it is re- really really good, but. But this kind of love is humanly impossible without God. Absolutely. You have no ability to... You can be friends with your spouse. Uh, You can have the romantic type of love. You can have the sexual type of love. Um, You can even have a family type of love. But you cannot love at this level the agape love without God being at the center and the focus of your relationship. Why? Because God is love. This is what he demonstrated by sending his son to what? Lay down his life. So it's through this relationship that we have with Jesus that we learn to have that kind of love and submit and make you the full devotion of my life.
1: Well, and one of the best ways to show love to each other and to our spouses and to show our commitment is we've learned over time is dating. Um, I I have to say we probably didn't do a great job years ago when the kids were little. We let that kind of overcome us. But over time we realize if our relationship is going to last, we're going to have to spend time. And if you can start looking at dating differently, don't look at it as like, oh, it's just kind of a luxury. Don't we kind of look at it like that? That's a luxury. But in a marriage, it's a necessity because I need time with Brad. And that has built so much wonderful commitment to each other because we've spent those times of just having fun together. And just really enjoying each other.
0: What what I like about dating, is, and the w- reason we're so committed to it, and I'm just telling you, date your mate, mm-hmm. okay? Don't date somebody else's mate. Date your <laughs> date your mate. That's a whole other sermon I'm going to preach later. Date your mate. Let's say that together. Date, date your, your mate. mate. One more time. Date, date your, your mate. mate. Here's why: because love and commitment are all encompassed in a date. I never real never knew this. Until Laura and I began to look at this passage, and I was like, "Wait a second! All all four types of love are, are represented in a date. Yeah. We there's that family type of love that you have. That Greek word for for love there that you have, and you you have this family a, a love for family. We go out on a date, yeah. and it's about building our family. We have friendship. We're best friends, and we build our friend. Listen." I date her because she's my friend. Right. And I want to spend time with her because she's my friend.
1: And I want to I want to stay there just for a second. Think about that. You go into a week and you had a busy weekend, right? You go in and you hit hardship and you haven't spent any time together. You haven't developed more of that friendship. You're kind of out in the water and, and it's hard in that relationship when you get in those difficult days that week. But let's back it up a little bit. Let's say... Like you actually spent time together, and you laughed a lot, and you joked, and you did some fun things, and then you go into your week. Well, all of a sudden, you've got some. Okay, I got some. I've got some uh, love tank. Some people call it that. Like I've I've put something in the jar. It's kind of like you've put a deposit in the bank, and I can pull from that. But man, I've just really seen how powerful that is. We've had a, We've developed a reservoir in our relationship by dating, by spending that time together.
0: Uh, most people think of uh, dating like Valentine's Day, that it's that's the Eros love. So we go out on a date for romance. That's the wrong way to date your spouse. Romance is part of it. It's one of the aspects of dating. But you're dating because you have a family together, because you're friends, mm-hmm. because you want romance, but also you want that agape love. And here's why I, I've really settled on this so strongly is because when you are... Why did you get married? For agape love, to be fully devoted to that person. So you yeah. set aside a day, did you not? And that day you set that time, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be at that church, and at that time, and we're getting married, and nothing else is getting in the way of that. Why do we not continue that? I think we should continue that. <laughs> and I think that's for a way for me to show you agape love is to say, Every Friday, and that's when ours is, every Friday we're going to go out on a date, and nothing else is going to get in the way of that. Work's not going to get in the way of that. You try to call me or text me while I'm on a date with Laura, I'm not going to answer the phone unless it's some kind of an emergency. All of that. It's so important.
1: I think – Also, you're sending nonverbal messages to people in your life, like your children, that I'm sending a message that he's important, so I'm not going to be able to do da-da-da with you. And they know that. Now, I value them all the rest of the week, but they know that period of time is for your dad and I. And, And because I do that, then therefore he feels love from me because he sees me committing my time, my energy, and I'm putting him above everyone else because you are my husband. So I'm doing that, which also shows him how much I value him in our relationship.
0: And I just encourage you, to be creative. Um, you may not have the time. You may not have the money. Laura and I have dated when we were broke, and we've also uh, found sometimes we dated during the day when the kids were at school. We dated at night. We dated on the weekends. We just find you You got to be creative. But we have set something up for you. You probably got one of these in the in the lobby today, um, and that is we set up a date night for you. Next Friday night, Yep. yep. we've set up a date night for you.
1: In the youth room. Um,
0: And this is pretty awesome. Our youth are doing a fundraiser for the mission trip that they're going on. And so next Friday night, uh, go out in the lobby. You can grab one of these. You can actually sign up and go to courtchurch.com slash date night. We're going to watch your kids. We're going to feed your kids. We're going to play with your kids. And you're going to get a chance to go out on a date with your spouse. Date your mate. So just remember, three things. Three things make a marriage last forever. Faith, hope, and love. Faith builds unity. Hope builds strength. And love builds commitment. Let's pray. Father, for every marriage represented here today, I'm asking you, God, to just speak to every couple that's here, that's married. Speak to those, God, who um, have had failure. Maybe today, kind of hard for you because you recognize the failure in your marriage. The thing I love about Jesus is he's a God of second chances, and today he can give you a second chance in your marriage. He can rebuild your marriage. I've seen him do that over and over again. So maybe today is your day just to say, God, heal my marriage. And maybe there's some steps you need to take forgiveness and for reconciliation. If you're here today and you're not married, maybe there's some steps you need to take to get into the right kind of relationship. Just submit that to God right now. I want to ask you, church, to do that. Let's submit our relationships to God. God, give me a marriage that lasts. Whether you're single or you're married, make that your prayer right now. God, I want to have a marriage that lasts, and it begins with fully submitting my life to you submitting my life to you if you're not a follower of Jesus God wants to come into your marriage he wants to come into your relationship but it starts with your your life maybe when I drew that up there and I drew the arrow going away from God you're like that's me today is your day for salvation I want to pray for you. If you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, or maybe you've been away from him for a very, very long time, you say, man, Brad, I need to come back to him. I need to be fully restored to him. When I saw Debbie get baptized this morning, I, I get that where I'm far away from God and I need to come back to him. If that's you today, I won't embarrass you, but I do want to know how to pray for you. I won't ask you to come up here. I just want to be able to pray for you with all heads bowed. Please, nobody looking around, but maybe you're here t- to day today is to come to faith in Jesus Christ or recommit your life to him. Would you just raise your hand where you are so I can pray for you today. God, thank you for everyone who's in this house today. Thank you for salvation. God, thank you for those who are placing their, their faith in you and their trust in you and their hope in you. We look to you, we believe in you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.